This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi, welcome back to Tian Tehillim. Today we're learning Parak Membez, chapter 42. This parak is sponsored by Eloi Nishmas Yitl ben Reb Nachum, who is a mother of one of our very special avid listeners here on Tiantelim. Yitl was the epitome of an Ashish Chayel, and her trust in Hashem was unparalleled. Okay, so Parak Membez is actually, a, it's written by the sons of Korach. Lamnatzeach maskil livnei Korach. What's the significance of this? Interesting, no? How Korach was a big name. You know, he was infamous for somebody who was rebelling against God. And here we have a whole parak, not just a parak, a maskil, a parak that's like an instruction, that's like a lesson for us, written by his sons. And they talk all about how to handle difficult times you know, in, in a spiritual sense, what we should be doing, how we should be handling loss, they talk about the fact that the Jews are going to feel a huge loss for the Beis Hamikdash, and we we're going to glean a lot of insight into our own in our own losses, how to handle them, and there's going to be amazing insight here in this parak. But why are they worthy of being the ones to give us this maskil, to give us this lesson, this instruction, this spiritual direction? Why are they worthy of this? And if Hirsch explains that. It's actually because their father, because their father was rebelling against Hashem and, and against the whole infrastructure that Hashem put in place to lead Kal Yisrael. And they grew up with that and they saw that it was because of that, that they had that motivation and the fire under them to rise up and to do the right thing and to pay homage to the truth of Hashem's dominion. And that makes them be in like a unique position to really be able to be entitled to instruct us on spiritual matters because they saw the things the wrong way because they saw things being done wrongly that's what puts them in an amazing position to have the inspiration and the clarity to share with us how we should be doing things and how we should be viewing things. And I think before I even start with the parak, this is a very important lesson for all of us because very often we go through difficulties, we go through challenges, we tend to think somehow because of what I went through I should be ashamed or I'm less than in some way. Often we fall into that pitfall, but it's so it's so the opposite because when we go through something difficult, the harder the challenge is, the more of an expert we become in that field when we pass and when we get through that challenge. And when we come out stronger because of it, we become like a mumcha. We become like a like an expert with who now has greater wisdom and clarity about how things should be and how to get things to be in the right place. It's the It's the mistakes. It's the rejection. It's the failure. It's the things that didn't go right, that provide the contrast that we need to then be able to have a clear vision of what the right way really is. And so those of us who have gone through those real serious challenges in our life, we have extra wisdom, we have extra know-how, we have, we have to own that, we have to be proud, 
We have to recognize that we have life experience that's priceless and we have to use it to our benefit. We have to use it to give over, to help others. Personally, it's only because of the experiences that I've been through where I didn't know what to do, where I didn't know what the right thing is, that I've arrived at the place where I'm able to share wisdom with all of you. And I think that it's something that we all have to recognize and notice and not just go through tough stuff and just let it go. To go through it and to realize, look, I'm on the other end and I have so much more because of it. I am so much more because of it and I'm going to honor that and notice that and use it to help spread my light in the world and to make a difference. And so that's really the best way to heal from very difficult challenges that we go through. So in this parak, just as an overview, the Bnei Korach, the sons of Korach, express Beruach HaKodesh, they express the the sorrow that Klal Yisrael is going to feel when they're no longer given the schos to go up to the Beis HaMikdash on the Shlosh Pa'amei Regalenu, on the three times a year that they go up on Pesach, Sukkot, and Shavuos. They're no longer going to be able to do that, and so they're going to be wistful, and they're going to be remembering those times with pain and with sorrow and so we, we're going to learn from this parak. you know, we're going to see how they express the voice of the Jew who's feeling that sorrow. And through this, we're going to learn how to deal with our own grief and our own losses. So many of our challenges have major loss built into them. If something's not going our way, it's a challenge. And that's a loss. There's a loss of what we wanted to go our way. Whatever the loss is, losses come in so many different forms. And so I want to help us all deal with that loss by actually using this parak and the advice that's given here. Now, we know that there's out there somewhere, there's seven stages of grief. I don't know who invented it or who said it or who put it together, but whoever that is, I think it's time for them to step aside for the Bnei Korach, who have some very uh, important wisdom to impart, and David HaMelech, who put this parak in Tehillim, clearly agrees. So let's see what they have to say here. And at the end of the parak, I'm going to give you an acronym to take the messages of advice from this parak and to make it very practical and real, and so that you can remember it and take it out of your pocket whenever you need it. So here we go. Parak Membez Pasuk Aleph Lam Maskil Korach. So again, we said this parak is a maskil. It's a spiritual education of how to handle loss. Pasuk Beis. Ka'ayol ta'arog mayim. Like a deer who's so thirsty and he's he, he wants water so badly, he's crying out for water. Now here we're going to start with our metaphors. There's going to be a bunch of different metaphors in this parak to describe our feelings of desire and yearning for closeness with Hashem. So... In this parak, what we're describing here is how the Jew feels when he's not close to Hashem, when he's in Gullus and he's not going up to the base of Mikdash and he's not bringing Karbanos. He feels like the deer that's crying out for water. Now, why specifically a deer? Deer happen to live in dry climates where they get very thirsty and they eat snakes and snakes make their insides inflamed and hot. So deers have like a very strong thirst. So we're comparing here our 
our feeling of needing to be with Hashem to that very, very thirsty deer. And we're going to see how metaphors are an amazing tool for all of us to be able to express our emotions in a very real way. And that's going to be part of the healing of going through a loss. Pasuk Gimel, Tzama nafshi lelokim lekelchai. So here, again, this thirst, uh, we're saying, we we're, the Radak explains that why specifically is it talking about thirst here and talking about our soul's connection with God? Because hunger, a person could last a few days without food, but they can't last a few days without something to drink. So it really depicts how urgently our soul needs Hashem. Pasuk Dalet, demasi lechem. Here we have another metaphor. My tears are my bread. What does this mean? It means that when a person is crying, when he's crying tears, the nature of being in that state means that they're not looking for food. They're, they lose their appetite. When a person's crying, they don't have an appetite. Somehow, this got lost on me because I can cry my way all, all the way to the ice cream store. And uh, that's normally what I would, probably something that sounds like me or something like I would do. But... In general, the way that things usually work is that people lose their appetite. So he's describing it by saying, my bread is my tears. Now, why is he crying? Why is he so downtrodden? The Gaim are mocking me. They're mocking me and they're saying, where's your God? Right? You, you say you, your God is a God of truth. You're worshiping your God. So why is he not saving you? Why is he not taking you out of exile? Now, there's a story from the Holocaust that I read that really mirrors this idea. Rav Blach Zatzal was a Rav in Lithuania, and his congregants were being taken to a mass grave. And the Nazi was shooting, you know, all these people, and he was leading them in Shema Yisrael. And the Nazi taunted him, taunted the, this Rav and said, where's your God now? And Rav Blach said to him, very courageously, he replied, not only is he my God, but he's also your God. And the day is going to come when you too will realize it. So this is something that really does happen. It's not just a, you know, part of this nice poem in Tehillim. The Gaim say, Ayeyelokecha, where is your God? They taunt us. Now, on a deeper level, this question we could say is really coming from heaven, where Hashem looks at our day and he says, Okay, you pay attention to me when you're davening, you think about me when you're learning Torah, but what about the rest of the day? What about when you're in the car, driving, going on a trip, spending time with your family, doing mundane chores in the house? Are you thinking of me then? And then, then is when Hashem says, Ayeyelokecha, where's your God? This reminds me that I recently um, met somebody very special. And we were on like a retreat together and she was, you know, she was being interviewed. She was on stage with like a few other women, like on a panel. And I don't remember how exactly it came up, but... Everyone, all the women, you know, in the audience were schmoozing with each other. People were busy. No one was like really paying so much attention. And all of a sudden we hear this one special woman being interviewed. And she says, every morning I drink coffee with Hashem. And everyone just like, quiet, silence. What is she talking about, right? <laughs> every morning you drink coffee with Hashem. What's that about? Do you bake him muffins? And she said, yeah. 
before my kids wake up in the morning, I sit down with my coffee and I talk to Hashem and I say, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for giving me this new incredible opportunity, this new day with all these amazing chasadim. And this is what I need today. This is what I want to accomplish. This is what I need. Please, can you help me? Um, I need your help to succeed in all these things that I want to do. And just she just talks about her feelings, about where she's holding, about where she wants to be. And I just thought it was so inspiring, this idea, coffee with Hashem, and it fits in so well here. Hashem says, when you're drinking your coffee, right? I don't know about any of you, but I'm reading my uh, Ami magazine when I'm drinking my coffee. I'm not talking to Hashem. But she really, um, she shows us in a very real, tangible way how to bring Hashem into our life in the most mundane matters. Pasuk Vav. Nafshi. Okay, so here we're talking about, you know, how I can, I'm crying so many tears and I can't, I can't have no appetite. We said, we didn't read the Pasuk hey, but we said, nafshi. I'm literally like melting, I'm crying, I'm so sad that I don't have this connection with you anymore, Hashem. And now in Pasuk Vav, we're saying, now, now, don't don't be so downtrodden. Okay, so the B'nai Korach are showing us that, right, we should feel our feelings and we should talk about them, even creating metaphors for them to make them real. But at some point, right, ma tishtochachi nafshi, tishtochachi is from the word hishtachavet, like to bow down, like don't let yourself be in turmoil to the point where you're where you're hunched over in despair. Don't don't get to that place. Now now don't nafshi like it's like a rhetorical question. Why are you so downtrodden? Don't let yourself go there. Ki panav. Hashem is very soon gonna bring you'll see He's going to bring you his, his saving presence. He's going to bring you Yeshua. So there's a message of hope here mixed into all this despair and all these heavy feelings. Pastor Ches then goes back. This, this parak is so human. It's, it, you know, it shows us so clearly and it illustrates how the process of grieving is not a linear process. It's really a mush. It's a cycle. It's going cycling from being better and then being worse and then feeling better and then feeling worse, talking about hope, and then going back to despair. Pasuk Ches is again going back into the, another metaphor of how downtrodden a person who's not feeling connected with Hashem or that person who's experiencing the loss is going to feel. To home el to home. So to home is like a deep, deep waters. So he's saying deep waters to deep waters. Matuda Savit explains that this means before I have a chance to extricate myself from one problem, from one deep issue, I find myself in another, another issue develops. That's why it says to home, el to home, from one deep water to the next deep water. Call mishbarecha vegalecha alayavaru. All of the mishbarecha and galacha are a way of talking about waves. Mishbarecha from the word shavar to break. It's talking about like a very um, strong wave that's coming and threatening to break the rocks. Galacha is the waves that are softer, but they you put something on it and it will carry it away. So it's saying here, all, all these types of hardships and troubles threaten to break me, threaten to carry me away. But they pass right over me. I'm able to withstand them. Now, why are we saying here that we're able to withstand them? So again, here in this one pasuk, we're seeing 
both the despair of the tahom al tahom, like one problem to the next, almost like when, you know, like a whack-a-mole when you go to the Dave and Busters, you know, those, that big hammer with the hippopotamuses that keep sticking up and you hit one and then another one comes and another one comes. Sometimes in life we feel like in one area of our life, it's like a whack-a-mole. Like I can't get everybody underneath at once. I can't feel, I don't feel like I have a grasp on what's going on here because every time I think I conquered one issue, I'm back into another issue. That's to home out to home. And here in this Pasuk, in the very same Pasuk, we see a message of hope. Mishbarecha v'galecha alayavaru. Hashem sends me those waves, but they they wash over me. They don't break me. Just like that strong wave is not able to break that rock, and the rock actually breaks the the wave, even though the wave seems to be trying to break the rock. In the similar vein, I'm not swept away and I'm not broken. Alayavaru, they all pass right over me. Why am I strong enough for all of those waves to pass over me? It's because I know, I have a deep knowing and a deep certainty that those waves are mishbarecha v'galecha. They're your waves. They're your waves that are coming to me, meaning that they're not really meant to break me. You, Hashem, are sending them to me with the intention of strengthening me, not breaking me. And therefore, that that knowledge gives me the strength to overcome them and to prevail. Now, interestingly, if you look in, say, for Yonah, Yonah Hanavi, when he gets swallowed up by the fish and he davens to Hashem, this is one of the things that he says. He, he borrows this pasuk from Tehillim. Now, for him, it was very literal because he got thrown into the sea. So he said these same words that the waves passed over me, but Hashem took care of him and saved him and kept him alive. Pasuk tes. Yomam yitzave Hashem chasto uvalayla shiro imi tefila lekel chayai. So here again, a back to the hope, right? We were building up slowly to that hope, right? I didn't quite get knocked over by those waves. They passed over me. And now I could even get to the point of talking about chesed. We're saying that yomam in the day, the day will come. The redemption will come. Yitzave Hashem chazdo, and then I'll see Hashem's chesed. But in the meantime, right? It's not here this second. Uvalayla, and in the night, now is the night. In the Galos, Shiro imi tefila, sing with me a tefila to Hashem, lekel chayai to the God who keeps me alive. We're saying here that in the meantime, we have to sing Hashem's praises for where we're holding right now, for the fact that He keeps us alive in this long Galos. Not only does He keep us alive, but He gives us constant hashgacha pratis. He does constant chesed for us. He brings us constant miracles, and so we have to remember that even though it's dark. And things might be unclear and things get scary. I have to shiro imi tefillah. We have to sing together a tefillah. We have to appreciate the moments of chesed and all the kisses and all the amazing things that we have even in this nighttime. Pasuk yod. Omra lekel sal'i. I say to God, my rock, lama shechachtani. Why did you forget me? Lama koder elich belachatz oyev. Why do I have to walk in gloom oppressed by my enemy? So we're getting a surprising directive here. And the directive is to complain. Complain to God. Yeah, yeah, go into your car, close the door, drive somewhere where you won't see uh, anyone walking by who you're going to know because they might uh, send you to a psychiatric ward in a hospital and scream your lungs out. Scream, scream at Hashem. Lama Why did you forget me? 
Lama Koderi Lech Belachatz Oyev. Why are you sending me into the enemy territory? Why are you giving me so much stress and so much pressure? And sometimes this is what you need to do. You know, we're always working on our, especially all of my listeners here, we're always working on our happiness level. We talk about how we have to be in a good space, in a good mood. Yeah, it's so important. If we want to draw good things into our life, we have to get to those places. But sometimes, sometimes we just have to stop and scream. Sometimes you just have to cry out to Hashem, why are you doing this to me? And through doing that, through allowing your emotions to be what they are, sitting with them, honoring them, screaming them out, getting that energy, getting that negative energy out of you, sometimes that's the best way to get to a calmer place and to invite in the chesed. Pasuk Yudbez, this is the final Pasuk, Matishtochachi Nafshi, we end on another high note. We're repeating what we said in Pasuk Vav, like it's almost like a chorus here in this parak. This is like the the height of the parak. Matishtochachi Nafshi, that rhetorical question. Now, come now, why why are you so downtrodden? Why are you so sad? Hochili lelokim, put your trust in Hashem. Ki odo denu Yeshua's panai velokai, because very soon He's going to reveal Himself in a very open way, and His presence will be obvious in our life. Okay, so we spoke about, you know, this parak was kind of like a mush, right? It was dealing. It was it was the mush that we lived through. It was the it was the mush that we feel when we're going through our own grief. It was uh, a whole conglomeration of things. It was so human. It was the up and down and all around, remembering the past wistfully, expressing with real metaphors our deep sorrow, comforting ourselves with thoughts of a better future, becoming more grateful and thankful in the present, allowing ourselves to scream and yell and cry. All these things are mushed into this parak with no order, with like there's no seder. It's just all there, and this is really what I think makes Tehillim such a gift. Now, like when if you take let's say Mishlei, Mishlei is also in Ksuvim. Mishlei is written by Shlomo Melech, David's son. And it's amazing wisdom, amazing life lessons. It's written by the, the wisest man of all time. But it has a different style. Its style is like, it's as if it's being said from a podium. It's, we're being spoken to, we're being taught, we're being instructed. Here in Tehillim, we're given like a, like a human vulnerable account of David Amelech's life, of his raw, real feelings from the battlefield, from the sickness, from the fear, from the enemies, were, were given like a real look into his deepest, darkest feelings. And it's like, you know, what's going to be the best-selling book out there? It's going to be the book that's written by somebody great who's who's willing to spill it all out, right? They're, they're going to promise you, you're going to find secrets in this book, secrets to why uh, his marriage dissolved, secrets to why he struggled with whatever addiction he had, right? Secrets to how he overcame them. And when we get secrets into somebody famous, somebody admirable's life, we're all running to go buy that book. That's the book that's going to be the bestseller. And the Havdil in Tehillim here, Tehillim proves to be a bestseller. We're constantly saying Tehillim, we're constantly turning Tehillim to Tehillim because it does such an amazing job of expressing 
our own raw emotions and feelings. We spoke so much about David's crying out to Hashem for help. His Hashem, until when are you going to you know, stop forgetting about me. Are you going to forget about me forever? Until when are you going to make me come up with eights in my head of how I'm going to get around this trial or this tribulation? All of David's pleas to Hashem are so familiar to us because they're so real and they're so true for us in our own authentic lives as well. And so this really is a beautiful parak that highlights the raw, real vulnerability that we're gifted with in Sefer Tehillim. Okay, so now let's make it real. Let's make this real. How do we translate all of this into our own lives? How do we use some of these amazing ideas that we spoke about to help ourselves through our own losses? So here's my acronym to help all of us. The acronym is MEND, M-E-N-D, when we have a broken heart, We're searching for ways to mend it. And here is a way that you surely will not forget. So M, start. let's start with M from the word mend. M stands for meet your feelings. Meet your feelings where they are. This is such an important, necessary, crucial step. Probably the most important step that's going to allow you to get to the other steps. Allowing, making space for your feelings, not judging them. So often we push our feelings away. We judge them. Why am I taking this so seriously? Why can't I just snap out of it? Meet your feelings where they are. Give yourself compassion and love and nurturing. Speak to friends about how you're feeling. Find that close confidant. Now I want to just highlight two specific um, ways of meeting your feelings that we actually could see right here in this parak. Way number one that we see here a lot is metaphors. What do I mean? So if we look, we see already all the way in the beginning of the parak, the Bnei Korach start out talking about how they are yearning for Hashem like a thirsty deer. Ka'ayol tarov, tzama nafshi, right? They talk about their thirst like a deer. They also use metaphors in when they say demasi lechem, that my tears are like my bread. Okay, maybe it's a simile, not a metaphor, whatever. We're just going to say metaphor to include all of them. Back to seventh grade, uh, you know, English class, English language arts. And mishbarecha, also, mishbarecha vegalecha. We compare the challenges to waves, to home, out to home. The challenges are like deep water upon deep water. Um, so we see that there's so many metaphors. There are a lot of metaphors throughout Tehillim. And this parak, there's a lot, especially here in this parak we see. And I think the message for us is that metaphorical language makes it possible for people to convey things that otherwise would be very difficult or impossible to express. Because emotions are not something you could see, touch, feel. It's an energy and it's invisible. And so... The best way sometimes for us to be able to explain how we feel to somebody else in a tangible way, or even to explain to ourselves how we feel, to validate our own emotions, is by using a metaphor. It's a very effective way of calming yourself, making yourself feel heard, making yourself feel validated, saying things like, there was a dark cloud over my head 
or there's like a dagger in my stomach, or there's a storm brewing inside of me, or even if somebody doesn't feel well and they feel so sick and they say, I feel like I got hit by a truck. Just saying those words makes the person feel like their pain is real, like they're making a real space for it. They're honoring it to the point where they're depicting it in a way that somebody else could really comprehend what they're trying to say. So it's a very powerful tool to use to really do this M, this meet your feelings where they are. The second thing I want to say under M is also, we said here um, that you should say to Hashem, Lama Shachachtani, we spoke about screaming and yelling and getting it out, going into the car and just getting out the frustration. If there's something major going on that's pent up in you and you haven't been able to get it out, if you're feeling that need to really scream it out, tell Hashem, you know, yeah, tell him, tell him, it says here, Omra lekel sali, lama shachachtani, lama kodere leich belachatz oyev, in Pasuk Yod, we have that permission, we, we are instructed, we're encouraged to cry out to Hashem in that way. Okay, so that's M. And doing those two things, the metaphors and the screaming is helpful, Helpful in meeting our feelings where they are and really making space for them and honoring them so that they could pass over us. Because if we push them away, they're just going to come back with a vengeance. Okay, E. E stands for envision. Envision the future the way you want it to be. So much of our pain comes from that feeling, that subconscious thought of like, is this going to last forever? Is this going to go on forever? If somebody's really not feeling well and they don't see a way out, they start getting terrified. What if this is going to be my life forever? And they don't even realize that they're thinking that. But that creates so much of the emotional pain that we suffer. And so much of the suffering comes from that underlying thought. So instead, let's envision the future the way we want it to be. We say in this paraki od odenu yeshuos panav. Right? When we're comforting ourselves, don't be so downtrodden. Because the Yeshua is on its way. So we want to ask ourselves, what are the amazing things that are possible for me? What awesome things could happen? Maybe now I feel this way. But what could be? It's possible that what? That this whole thing could be over in, in, in the blink of an eye. That a, a, a switch could flick and I could feel better and I could feel stronger than ever and, and I could use this uh, physical ailment to get me to even greater places in my physical and emotional health, right? What are the possibilities? N, N in mend stands for notice. Notice, mishbarecha v'galecha alayavaru. Notice how they all passed over you. Notice how whatever loss you're enduring, you're still standing. You're standing and you're learning and you're gaining and you're growing. Like we said in the beginning of the parak, own the benefits the growth, the wisdom, the experience that you gained for whatever from whatever challenge you went through. Really own it, notice it, and let it fill you up so that you're not only seeing the negative side of things. And D stands for delight. And the night, even though you're going through a loss, through a challenge, through a difficulty, sing out to Hashem who is sustaining you through it, who's sending you kisses along the way, who's bringing you opportunities, new opportunities every second that you're alive. So here we have M-E-N-D, meet your feelings, envision, notice, and delight. It's not linear. You're going to cycle from one to the next. You're going to come in and out of each one. But this is the advice that we're getting in Tanakh. 
And these are things that I've tried in my own life. I've tried with how to help my clients with some of these ideas and they really do make a difference. And I hope that you'll be able to practice them and see a lot of success. I am very excited to announce to my listeners that with Hashem's help, I have devised an incredibly effective system to help single women of all ages in drawing in their most ideal husbands. So if you or anyone you know are feeling stuck, alone, helpless, burnt out, exhausted, I'm going to help you gain a clear vision of what you're looking for. I'm going to help you fill yourself up with self-worthiness. I'm going to give you the trust that you need to enjoy the process. I also am going to very much focus on uncovering whatever subconscious blockers may be working against you, inside of you, unbeknownst to you. And it would be my greatest pleasure to offer you a 30-minute free session. Obviously, these sessions are limited. They're getting filled up quickly, so go straight to my website, yalbertram.com, click on the contact tab, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.